Well, praise God from whom all blessings flow. It's that time again. Welcome to today's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. All of our listeners in the United States, every state where you're listening to, I welcome you. And to every listener from around the world in whatever country you're listening in, I'm honored to have you join with us. Welcome everyone to Marriage and Family Clinic. In Southern Virginia, we're coming to you from WGPL 1350, WPCE 1400. Those are on your AM dial. And on your FM dial, you can find us at WBXB 100.1. You can also listen to the live stream at www.ChristianBroadcastingCompany.com. And if you would like to hear this or any other broadcast, you can find my podcast by searching The C.D. Hodges on iTunes. Search The C.D. Hodges on iTunes or click that little purple podcast player on your smart device. Search The C.D. Hodges. You'll find Marriage and Family Clinic. Marriage and Family Clinic is here to help you break down and gain enlightenment into your relationship dynamics. We hope to help you identify what makes you tick in your relationships and ultimately help you repair, grow, perfect, your marriage and family relationships. We're going to deal with it. Well, my wife and I, we've returned home from a two-week vacation in which we were blessed to spend time with two of our sons. We spent time with our son and his family in Texas. Uh, I've got a wonderful son down there, wonderful daughter in love. I call her my daughter. Uh, And uh, we were also blessed to spend time with one of our sons and his wife and brand new baby in Kentucky. Uh, so we got to meet and hold and dote on, just adore, just love on our brand new G-Baby. Two weeks old, three weeks old now. Uh, just our lovely baby, our lovely grandbaby. Uh, she's a doll, I tell you. And uh, I guess I'm going to say that because she's mine, but she's just an adorable doll. That's Aaliyah Cameron. Come on and say amen for Aaliyah Cameron. I miss her already, too. And I have to tell you that after holding her and loving her for a week, I just grew to love her dearly. And, and yeah, I do miss her. I miss her a whole lot already. And while in Texas, I presented to you an interview I did with our three G-babies down there. Uh, We talked about the importance of family and what it means to be in a family. And I tell you, I had such a good time presenting that interview to you. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed doing it. I hope you enjoyed it as much as they enjoyed presenting it for you. They were a little touchy to begin with, but they got into it. And my three grandchildren down there, ages 7, 9, and 11, I tell you, they really had a ball doing that. And it was really good talking with them and hearing a child's perspective on the subject of family, the importance of family. And one thing that delighted me most was the fact that uh, as I listened to their 7-year-old, 9-year-old, and 11-year-old definition of family, their definition of family was very similar to my grown-up experienced definition of family. And uh, I think that points to the fact that even in our current cultural confusion, about uh, gender identity, gender bias, etc., etc., and our cultural confusion about what makes a family, the definition of family is really not that difficult at all. 
and I also thoroughly enjoyed presenting to you an interview I did with my son in Kentucky on the subject of being a first-time father, uh, the father of Leah Cameron. I uh, really appreciated the perspectives and the sentiments that my son presented there. Uh, both my sons, uh, my daughters, and my grandchildren, they all made me proud, and I just love them dearly. Uh, hardly, There's not hardly anything that I wouldn't do to help them succeed and to show them the love of God. Now, several weeks ago, I started a series uh, on teens and dealing with teens and the dynamics of being a teenager. And a couple of weeks ago, I started a mini-series before we went on my trip. I started a mini-series on the five love languages of teens. And we're taking this information right from the book, The Five Love Languages of Teens. Uh, we wanted to do that as a means of getting through to and communicating with teens. I want to equip you and put and help you get some more tools in your toolbox to deal with your teens or your soon-to-be teens. Or even if you have infants and toddlers, get ready for teens. But we just want to give you some more tools to deal with your teens. And, and of course, that, that series was interrupted by my wife and I traveling, but I didn't forget that we covered two of the five love languages for teens already, and I still owe you a discussion on the remaining three of the five love languages for teens. So we already talked about words of affirmation and physical touch, words of affirmation and physical touch as two of the five love languages for teens. So tonight during this episode, I want to briefly discuss quality time, acts of service, and gifts. Quality time, acts of service, and gifts. Now, we're not going to uh, go into as much detail as we can, won't even go into as much detail as we like, but we're trying again to offer you more tools that you can use in the relationship with your teens, or maybe you can share with someone else as they deal with their teens. So tonight I want to briefly discuss quality time, acts of service, and gift giving. Let's begin with quality time. Uh, you know, I heard a saying some time ago, a whole lot of years ago. I don't know where the saying originated uh, from or who it originated with, so I can't give them credit. But I am letting you know that I didn't come up with it originally. But I heard the saying, I heard a saying that said, a child needs your presence more than they need your presence. That is, a child needs your P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E more than they need your P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S. A child needs you more than they need your stuff. A child needs you to be there with them and for them more than they need anything that you could ever give them. Your child will benefit much more from you being a very real, touchable, available presence in their life rather than only your tangible things and your stuff. And that's what quality time is all about. Quality time is all about being available to your team to meet their needs Knowing that their needs do not rise and fall on a particular schedule, you cannot schedule a teen's needs. When your teen expresses a need to you, quality time is all about engaging your teen by giving them your undivided attention. And undivided attention means that right now, 
my young teen, my, uh, my teen young man, my teen young woman. Undivided attention means that right now, the teen is the most important thing in the world. And watch this. The manner and consistency with which you engage your teen with your undivided attention persuades your teen that you are available to them. And when you persuade your teen that you are available to them, simultaneously you persuade your teen that you are giving them a portion of your life. And that's what our children want to know. Be they infants, toddlers, or teenagers, even young adults. They want to know, are we important in their life? Can they be a part of our lives? And do they have access to us? So when you give your teen your undivided attention in quality time, it sends the message to your teen that you get a portion of my life. And not much says, I love you like giving a person your life. You know, I remember last week when I asked my 3G babies, what do they like about the way that their parents love them? My nine-year-old grandson said, I like it when my dad plays ball with me. And believe me, it, it's, it's not the ball playing that he's really thrilled about. And he may not even realize this. It's not the ball playing that he's really thrilled about. It, it's the time that he has with his dad. So what my grandson was saying is that, Dad, you can really talk to me and express to me that you love me if you speak the language of quality time. Because that quality time really floats my boat. That quality time really speaks to me. Quality time touches me on the inside. Quality time makes an emotional connection with me. Quality time sends the message to me that I am loved. And I want you to know that when you're talking about speaking quality time as a love language, it can be difficult now because quality time takes time. It takes time. You know, you can speak words of affirmation in just a few seconds. It only takes a minute to express to someone how well they did something. You can compliment someone, even from your heart, genuinely and sincerely. It only takes a few seconds. But quality time means that. That quality is determined by the amount of time spent in it. And yeah, we can get into the discussion between quality and quantity. I'll speak on that in just a moment. But quality time takes time. Physical touch takes a moment or two. You can give a meaningful hug in just a few seconds. I saw someone yesterday for the first time in a couple of months. They, their father had passed and they had gone home uh, uh, from Virginia down south during this COVID time. And you know everybody didn't get to uh, greet one another and share love like we normally do. But I couldn't help it. I just gave that person a hug. And that person said, I needed that. And it only took a few seconds. So what I'm telling you is that words of affirmation only take a moment. Physical touch only takes a moment. But quality time takes time. And it's time spent on purpose. It's time spent intentionally. It takes time. 
So it's going to be a little more difficult. And depending on the situation, quality time may take a few minutes up to a few hours. And, you know, we live in a day of latchkey kids and adults who live busy lives, even trying to tend to more than one child. It may very well be difficult to get some quality time in. But if quality time is your teen's love language, the effort will be so worth it. I promise you that. Just remember, quality time is you giving your life to your teen. And that says, I love you. And you giving your life to your teen, that may be the calming effect they need. It may calm their anxiety, calm their fears, calm their pressures, help them relieve pressures, get over difficulties. When you speak the language of quality time, it increases your teen's sense of security because they know that you are in their corner. You will be there when life gets rocky, they can lean on you. And the quantity, the quantity of time you spend together will turn into quality. We won't waste time in the discussion between quality over quantity. Listen, if you're going to reach quality, you're going to need a significant amount of quantity. And when you sow and invest a significant amount of quantity into your team, it's going to turn into quality. And what I mean by quality, I'm talking about quality conversation. That's one of the very best builders of quality time. In your conversation, talk about experiences, feelings, dreams, desires, goals. Talk about what you've been through, what they've been through. Talk about how they're feeling, what they feel about certain things. Talk about their dreams, their desires, their goals. What do they want out of life? What are they trying to get out of life? You don't always have to give advice. You don't always have to preach to your team or tell them what to do or tell them how to fix a problem. Just be in the moment. Toss the problem around. Just be in the moment. Here's some things that will help you in quality time. If you're going to have good quality time, if the time you spend together is going to be of significant high quality, here's some things that can help you. Maintain eye contact. Don't be staring off into space. Maintain eye contact. When you're going to say something from your heart, something really meaningful, look your teen in the eye. And don't do something else while you're supposed to be listening to them. You're supposed to be listening to them, but you're checking your email. You're supposed to be listening to them, but you're texting. Lord, it just chaps my heart to see people texting while they're supposed to be engaged in conversation with someone else. It's pretty disrespectful. Don't be talking on the phone or trying to send an email, typing on the computer when you're supposed to be listening to your team. Don't do other things. Watch their body language. Their body language is going to tell you what's important to them. If they're talking about a subject and they rise up off their seat, man, you better key on that. That touches a nerve with them. Watch their body language. And get used to not interrupting them. Don't interrupt them. You don't need to interrupt them. Let them talk. And ask reflective questions. Ask reflective questions, such as if they're telling you about an experience in school, you know, ask them how they felt about that. Tell them how that may have made you feel. Tell them, tell them genuinely, you know, I can imagine I would feel a little bit intimidated if I were going against someone who is six, seven, three hundred pounds. 
I, I would feel a little bit intimidated. You know, I can imagine it's probably a little scary. Everyone's looking at you. Get in the moment with them. Share the experience with them. Express understanding. So I hear you saying that was kind of intimidating. Yeah, I can imagine that. Share it with them. Ask permission to share your experience or your perspective. Ask permission to do that. You know, I remember a time, again, without being judgmental, without preaching, without telling him what to do, just be honest with him. Yeah, I remember a time when uh, I was benched by the, by the coach and I, I was taken out of the game. You know, I remember that hurt. I remember feeling a little bit down. So I can imagine how you feel right now. It's not, it's not uncommon. You know, get in the moment, share that experience with them, identify with them. And then for quality time, here's something that I really like. Create a tradition that only the two of you share. Whether it's weekly ice cream, a weekly hot dog, a, 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 a weekly bowling, a nightly prayer, morning prayer. Share some, create some tradition that only the two of you share. Something the two of you do consistently at the same time, all the time. Are you getting that? Does that make sense to you? That tradition will remind them that they're important. And they will begin to look forward to it. They will begin to expect it. And whatever happens, they're going to be looking for that time. This is how you speak in terms of quality. Quality time. If your team's love language is quality time, this is how you speak that language. All right, let's move on to acts of service right quick. Uh, service, service, when we say service, some people think that service is a demeaning term, but service is not demeaning. Service is not about menial tasks performed by a lowly, unskilled person. Sometimes we speak of our economy and we speak of people in the service business. And when we mean that, when we say that, we're talking about uh, wait staff in a restaurant or, or housekeepers in a hotel. They're in the service business. And so we can easily begin to look down on that word service. But I'm always reminded that Jesus said, if you want to be the greatest of all, you must be the servant of all. Service is an act that you perform for someone else. And that act sends the message that I love you. I value you. Service is simply doing for others to send the message that says, I love you. And if acts of service is your team's love language, then whenever you perform an act or serve your team, you're saying, I love you. And let me tell you something, mom and dad. If you think you're too much of an adult, if you're too grown, if you come too far that you cannot imagine or see yourself serving your teen, you are missing out on what it means to be a parent of a teen. You're missing out on what it means to be a loving parent. We should be able to serve anyone in our environment, especially our children. Parenting is all about serving your children. It begins with caring for them in infancy. You change their diapers. You fed them bottles. 
You woke up at the, in the middle of the night and tended to their cries. A newborn can't do anything for themselves. So parents serve their needs by caring for them. You've been serving your child ever since he or she was born. Don't stop now because they're a teenager. And that care, the care that you give to the infant teaches him or her that she's loved. And by the time your child becomes a teen, you've been sending this message for years. What you do for your child is a powerful expression of love. And for some teens, what you do for them truly says, I love you. Of course, some teens learn to manipulate the situation. But again, last week when I asked my grandchildren what they like about their parents' love, my granddaughter spoke of how her parents provide for her, care for her, how they meet her needs, how they're always there for her. In other words, my grandson was saying, I like the language of quality time. My granddaughter is saying, I like the language of service. Hmm. Wow. So you've got to learn to speak their love language. We all interpret things done for us as love. And men are stereotyped as defining love by what they do. When the wife asks her husband if he loves her, he responds by telling her all the things that he does. I serve you as the message that I love you. And the last of the five teen love languages I want to get to is gift giving. All right? So you got that. We had already covered words of affirmation and we had covered physical touch and now we've done quality time, we've done acts of service, and we're going into gift giving. And and I can't, you know what? Let me let me step back for just a moment and touch on that acts of service just a little bit more. Because, and I want to go back to the scripture that I mentioned too. Jesus said, if you want to be the greatest of all, you, you've got to be the servant of all. If you want to be first, you've got to be last. And in other words, Jesus is saying, your stock is going to go up when you put others before yourself. When you put the needs of others before your needs, your stock is going to go up. And that is no less true with your children, with your teens. If your teen can discern that you're putting his or her needs before your own, your stock is going to go up in the eyes and more importantly, in the heart of your teen. And that's what service does. Service says you are more important than I am right now. Your needs are important. Tending to you is important. Taking care of you is important. I value you. That's what service says. So if your teen's love language is acts of service, you better learn how to talk it. You better learn how to talk it. All right? All right. So again, the last of the five teen love languages is gifts. And, and, and gifts may be just about the easiest love language to speak. If it is, in fact, your teen's love language, it may be just about the easiest love language to speak. But just like children can be manipulative, parents, you must be careful also. 
because parents can be manipulative also. We have to be careful not to try and give our way out of guilt, give our way out of a mess up, give our way out of the doghouse. We mess up as in being late for an appointment, missing a ball game, not picking them up on time, uh, putting them off for, for more work. We got to work late. Uh, we break our word in some way. And the way we want to make up for that is giving a gift. No, no, no. That's not gift giving as a love language. The value of the gift often is commensurate with the degree of our mess up. So we're late for an appointment, we miss a ball game or something, we go out and buy them something really expensive. That's satisfying our own guilty conscience. That's not speaking the love language of gift giving. That's the language of hidden agendas. That's the language of conscience soothing. That doesn't do anyone any good but the one who's giving the gift. When we speak the language of gift giving, if your teen's love language is gift giving, then we don't give because we mess up. We don't give because we want to get out of the hole or we want to make up for some wrong that we've done. When we give money to teens for doing chores or jobs around the house, that's not gift giving as a love language. Gift giving is not about quid pro quo. You do this and I do that. You do this for me, I do that for you. You do this job and I'll buy you that. Gift giving is not about trading and bartering. The thing that makes a gift special is that it comes at an unexpected time and it has nothing to do with what a person deserves. So, when we speak in gift giving as a love language, we're talking about giving a gift at an unexpected time. It's just out of the blue. It's spontaneous. And it has nothing to do with what your teen deserves. And if you have a teenager, if you're the parent of a teenager, you know good and well that very seldom do teens deserve gifts. <laughs> and I say that humorously, of course. But giving gift as a love language has nothing to do with what a person deserves and that's why God gives us gifts God speaks the love language of gift giving he gives us life daily and it has nothing to do with what we deserve how many of you know good and well that you are more blessed by God than you could ever deserve to be I don't know why he loves me oh but I'm glad so glad he does so Gift giving as a love language, gift giving as a love language, give that gift at an unexpected time has nothing to do with what a person deserves. You know, a gift is a visible, tangible sign of love. Hence, a gift has no special timing. All the time is a good time to give a gift. Any time is a good time to give a gift. Gift giving as a love language is when a dad buys his daughter a necklace with a heart pendant on it. And then when he presents it to her, he adds the sentiment that, that says something like, you know, I was walking through the store, and when I saw this, it just reminds me of when you were born. And I just want to give this to you. 
Now, that timing is totally spontaneous. It's from the heart. He adds sentiment to it. That there's something of a ceremony going with it. That you know, there's the thought that reminds you of the person's value to you. That's how you get a gift. The gift from the heart, the time, and the ceremony. Ceremony, yes, ceremony. That's the sentiment that he gave. That's the sentiment that you will give from the heart that says, "This gift means I love you." You may happen to buy your son a brand new basketball. And take it to him. Son, I know that it's the beginning of basketball season. And I'm giving you this ball just to say, I want you to do well. This is this year's ball. Some, something, something, something. It's unplanned. It's spontaneous. It'll stay with your team. Your team will always attach you to that gift. And the sentimental value makes a strong emotional impact. You know, we're talking about the five love languages of teens. And what I'm trying to say to you is that there are certain ways that you will be able to get through to your teen or your teens. And it may well be one of these love languages. Remember the five words of affirmation, physical touch, quality time, acts of service, and gift giving. And I'm about out of time, but here's what I want to leave you with. I want to leave you with this. Don't wait until your child becomes a teenager to start working on your teenager or to start learning their love language. You start working on your teenager while he or she is a toddler. Or let me stretch it and say while he or she is an infant. Study your child. Learn your child's disposition, temperament, strengths, weaknesses, and any and everything else about your child that you can learn. Study your child and learn their love language before they become a teen so that you can have a basis of communication with your teenager. Hey, I'm out of time and I've got to get out of here. I appreciate you joining me. Listen, I need to hear from you. Let me hear from you. Email me at cdhodges at hotmail.com. Hit me up on Facebook, Bishop Carl Hodges. Remember, if you want to hear this or any other broadcast, you can find the podcast on iTunes. Just search The C.D. Hodges, The C.D. Hodges Podcast. You'll find us there. Got to get out of here, but remember, you can have peace unless you surrender your life to the Prince of Peace. God bless you. We're out.